0: Welcome to the Success Road Podcast. This is the podcast where we meet at the intersection of your life, and then we take decisive action to move onward toward higher levels of success. Now, my name is Joshua Rivers from PodcastGuyMedia.com, and I'm taking you on this journey. I've heard a lot of stories of people that started some sort of small business as a kid, whether that was a bike repair business or a lawn mowing service or whatever. I would never really did any entrepreneurial things like that growing up but I did like doing creative things and starting projects. And I did do a little subcontract washing windows for a few months when I was 22. And then I looked into some sort of mail order work from home thing. I'm not really even sure what it is. Probably for my lack of descriptiveness, you can probably tell that it never worked out. Probably something that would fall under potentially scam. I don't know. But anyway, I tried that for a little bit. It Never panned out. Well, my first real stint in the entrepreneurship was in 2010. And that's when I landed my first web design client. At the time, I had been working at two different churches over a period of years. And at each one, I was doing almost full time work, but only getting part time pay. And so for a couple of years, I was working a full time job to compensate for the lack of money. But that first web design client gave me the idea that I could create my own business to provide the income that I needed while still maintaining some level of freedom, both location freedom and time freedom. Now, fast forward 10 years later, I've moved away from web design and now I'm doing podcast production. I've been able to, for the last year and a half, be fully self-employed. I'm really excited today then, to be able to talk with JC Height about his entrepreneurial journey. And we're especially gonna get into the struggles of being able to build your own agency. So JC, thank you for joining us today.
1: Yeah, absolutely, brother. Thanks for having me. Hopefully we can add a little bit of value to your listeners for
0: sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so we haven't talked a whole lot specifically about side businesses and things like that. I started doing a little mini series uh, a while back, uh, sharing some of the things that that I did, but Mm -hmm. didn't get real far into it. And so I'm especially excited to be able to dig into this. So where did your entrepreneurial journey begin for you? So this is gonna surprise you. It's funny, you made
1: the introduction here and we did not talk about this, didn't set it up at all. (laughs) So my whole family's into real estate. And my grandfather specifically, every day after school, I'd go to his house from all through high school and middle school. And he was in real estate. He would buy houses, sell houses, so on and so forth, and primarily rent them. It was so great. My I mean, I have vivid memories going over, making a big bowl of ice cream. And then we would what we would do is we would get out the paper, we would look at houses that were for sale. We would look at like, okay, how much could we buy them for? And we'd, you know, take off 10%. And then we'd go, okay, well, what does that area rent for? And so we'd go look at it and we'd do all the numbers. And every once in a while, my granddad would go, you know what, let's, let's jump in the car. Let's go look, you know, let's go explore it. You know, let's see what we'd do. And we'd walk in a house, we'd get the tour. And at 14 years old, this was happening. And I'll never forget, obviously, never forget. One day I jump. we look at a house and my granddad says, literally at 14, he says, you should buy this house. Of course, 14 years old, you know, Okay. You know, what What does that even look like? And we went through the entire process. I kid you not. So we went to a bank, we got a loan. Now my granddad and I, now I know my granddad and I have the same name, John Height, John Height. So we had to create a bank account for the business. Now I know. The full story, the bank president, Mr. Donnie, was a church family friend of ours. So he put together all the paperwork, John. I had to sign everything. I had to go through this whole process, right? Ended up buying this rent house, which legally it was my granddad's, right? Not mine. And went through this whole process, right? Of having to rent it. I remember one time spending all my profits, like every business owner does. And then all of a sudden a tree fell on the roof and broke the roof. So I was like devastated. I was like, what am I going to do? I don't have any money to fix it. So I had to borrow money from my granddad, which he charged me interest on, right? And so this whole entrepreneurial journey journey really began of like, why can't I kind of kept it from my friends? I thought it was a little weird. But when I by the time I graduated college, I had several homes. And it was just kind of off on this journey. And I'm so thankful for those times where my granddad like really guided that entrepreneurial spirit, never gave me anything never like, you know, but always guided me in that path. It's kind of crazy. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I've never heard of a teenage landlord. That's really awesome. You know, my granddad, I mean, he would even,
1: I don't know, I, you know, I've never really asked him, but literally, like, we would go show it and I would show it. I would get out of the car and show the house, and it was weird. I mean, it was super weird, like, collecting money it was super weird. And I think my granddad told them, like, hey, I'm just trying to teach my grandson, like, don't just act like he's the boss. You know, it didn't make it weird, but it was such a blessing, dude. My granddad having the patience and walking me through that, it's like, now I'm like, how can I do that with my daughter as she's getting older, you know, already, because that experience was just just huge.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. So are you still doing real estate stuff now?
1: <laughs> so no, not anymore. I found my way to Latin America and quickly realized that I could not manage real estate being here and you know through other people. That's where I slowly got into the digital marketing world and spent the last many years of my life focusing on building teams specifically for digital marketing.
0: How did you get into that? How did you make that transition and get that off the ground?
1: When I first moved to Latin America, I was in the tech ed world. I had built some technology teaching English. And one of the big agencies was like recruiting me to come work with them, recruiting, recruiting. I said, no, said no, said no. Finally it was, Hey, we'll bring you in. We'll give you some ownership and we want you to lead. I'm like, okay, cool. Now I'm still an entrepreneur. So I jumped in and it was crazy, man. I mean, it was like, wolf of wall street it was nuts it was crazy it was fun it was exciting we were growing i mean we got up to i don't know 350 employees big building you know working with google and microsoft sexy and for me personally man I've born and raised in the church a lot of like you know those old school Southern values are, are deep within me. And so there's a lot of things like that didn't always tie with. So one thing led to another and I was like, I, I got to leave. You know, I got to figure out a way to get out and ended up leaving and then starting my own thing. And now we're, I think we're just as big as they are. I mean, we're, we're neck and neck just about two years in. And uh, we got about 50, almost 60 employees full-time. Man, it's been a blessing. It's been a crazy awesome road for sure.
0: So it sounds like it was a very smooth road, no problems or anything like that is you got that. Yeah. Obviously sarcasm.
1: <laughs> it's easy. You know, it's crazy. You know, we're in an interesting deal. So High Digital, we focus actually on white label. So we actually are the agency for agencies. So we work with agencies all across the US, Europe, Canada, Latin America, and we do their fulfillment for them. So I have the huge opportunity I work with typically not like your plumbers and your roofers, but other agency owners. So I see like the those that like scale crazy easily. And then I see those that that fail miserably, right? We are not the norm. Like it's it's really hard to grow and scale this. And I've watched many, many of my partners, you know, not have the same growth we have, especially in COVID. I mean, we're depending on when you're listening to this podcast, you know, we're you know on the cuff, hopefully, of getting out of COVID. It's, it's been a terrible, terrible experience in terms of the struggle, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. So you mentioned there about scaling, and so that's obviously one thing. As as someone gets started, I mean, maybe the person listening isn't really even at that point to where they're thinking about scaling. They're just thinking, okay, I'm going to build this business to sustain myself, be able to sustain my life. That's where I was. And in my head, as I was building it, I'm like, okay, let me just build this enough just to where I can be able to take care of my needs. And basically, I'm going to own my job. Uh But how do we scale that then? How do we be able to make those transitions? I think that's huge what you just said there. And, and so many of us don't
1: take the time to really like look at that. Like, what, what are my goals? What do I really want to do? You know, because that's going to matter in the quote unquote scalability of your business, right? So I'm personally, now I'm at a point in my life where not so much playing a financial game, my wife and I have been very blessed, but it's impact. So like, we want to create 1,000 jobs. That is what I'm committed to doing is creating 1,000 jobs under height, okay? And that would give us the ability to serve about 10,000 clients in, in total. So 1,000 jobs. So in order to get that 1,000 jobs, man, I got to have some really good systems in place, really good SOPs. I got to make sure my training, my leadership development, like there's a lot of things I have to like very closely pay attention to that quite frankly, you know, it's like raising kids. I love my kids. I wouldn't change them for anything. Right. But like, it's definitely a different path than not having children. You know what I mean? So it's this certain like type of commitment And so many of us, like, when you think about scalability, if it's, Hey, you know, I want to make a hundred thousand a year and then I want to spend time with my kids. Like that's a whole different set of systems and processes that you have to have, or, or honestly don't have to have. So I think one of the first things that I think people struggle with is just understanding their end game. Like what, what do we want to build to? What do we want to see as our future? And then thinking about what do I need to, me- to do that specific thing? Don't look at height. Don't look at reach local or these other huge agencies or even the small ones. What are your goals? And then reverse engineering that into, okay, this is what I need. Because if you're looking at my path, you're going to really screw up. If your commitment is not the same as mine, you know what I mean? It it just, it's going to be a struggle for sure.
0: Yeah, I think that's a big thing because I like listening to various success stories and you hear where they started a certain place, they grow it, they Mm -hmm. do this. I love being able to get that, be able to get some inspiration. And I try to look at like, okay, what can I learn from this? How can I apply this in my life? But I know myself and others, we can get trapped, like you said, of trying to follow somebody else's path. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to get to a different place. But it's like if we jump on the highway toward LA, expecting that we're going to try to get to New York City, but it's not going to yeah. work. Yeah. Total opposite direction. And so I'm glad that you pointed that out.
1: And, and I'll even dig into this a little bit better because or even a little bit more, you know, because one of the things that I was taught over the last two years that I think has helped us dramatically. And I like, when I, people ask me like, dude, why did you grow so fast? We're trying to hit the Inc 500 list this year. The biggest thing I think of is not goals, but it's along that line. It's commitments. What are we committed to in life? Because here's the reality. These struggles are like, they're everywhere. Like COVID is here. For me, my companies in Nicaragua went through a freaking war last year, literally a civil war in the country. You got, oh man, I just lost my biggest client. You've got, I mean, there's entrepreneurship is just a roller coaster of emotions. You know, it's nuts. And I think the biggest thing that helps us is what are we committed to? I'm gonna give you an example. Josh, you got kids. You got kids, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yes. Let me ask you, if I offered you a job tomorrow to go work at McDonald's, would you take it? No.
0: <laughs> no, not not at this
1: point. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh. No. But let me ask you, if your kids were hungry, would you go take a job at McDonald's?
0: If I was faced with where I needed to get a job, I would take it just because I needed to get something for my family, yeah. 100%, right? Like your commitment to your
1: kids outweighs any like, you know, any type of ability to overcome any obstacle, the struggle, the pride, like any type of pride you have, like throw that out the window because my commitment to my children is so huge, right? So when we create these commitments in our life, what do I really want? What am I committed to? I am going to accomplish X. It's going to help drive us through all these things. Okay. And it's like the founding force. So what we do, we train our team and myself is going Number one, what are you committed to in life? Like truly not, not your made up story, but what do you really want to accomplish? Because what's going to happen is everything that we start doing, we're going to come back to this. So I'm, I'm building my agency, but man, I hate telemarketing. I don't want to cold call people. I don't want to, what do you want to achieve your commitment? you have to; it's part of the process, right? Like, it's all about that end goal. People in the Olympics, they're not thinking about their training day; they're focused on a gold medal. We at height, we do ice baths a lot, right? So when you get in the ice, it sucks, it's cold, it's painful. You're literally so numb you can't even. But are you going to focus on the pain? It's not going to kill you. You're not going to die. You're not going to like nothing's going to happen to you. Are you going to focus on the immediate, or are you going to focus your attention on on the bigger picture, right? And I think the biggest thing there, an entrepreneur to be able to overcome those struggles and to get through them is what are you committed to? And it's going to help drive you past, you know, those type of things. And there's a lot of tools to help us do that, which we can dive into. But mindset and goals and commitments is, dude, it's so freaking huge.
0: So yeah, absolutely. And I hear that a lot too. But I think there's a lot of people that hear that and say, Oh, yeah, of course. But they never take the time to To really identify those things for themselves and be able to lay that out so they have that end goal of what to be able to get to. I think it's good Mm. to really point that out. Yeah, or they
1: steal someone else's commitment, right? Like they're like, oh, well, my friend wants to do this. He wants a
0: Lamborghini, so I want a
1: Lamborghini, right? And like, really, what do you want? Dude, COVID's happening right now. I just took my whole family. I'm doing this podcast from our beach house. So for the next six months, we're sitting here on the beach. You know, I'm working like six hours a day now, right? Because I've worked my butt off for the last two years, we're at the beach every day by three o'clock every day. Right. And so my commitment right now is very different than my commitments at other times. Right. So it may shift and change and dynamic, but
0: yeah, I'm very sorry that you have to spend so much time at the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Our commitments have to be worthy, right? Like our children,
1: that's worthy. You know, that's something that will really, you know, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want a million dollars. Those things don't they're not worthy of really like a commitment in life you know and once we find those commitments man and you see that you see people that like mother Teresa, or i mean there's tons and tons martin luther king they were dedicated to one thing and everything they did revolved around that one thing right everything tied back to it they didn't breathe without it being directed towards a specific goal in mind yeah
0: yeah absolutely So let's assume that the person listening is on board with that. They're like, okay, yes, this is what I want to do. I want to grow my team and whatever the reason for it, they want to grow their team beyond themselves. So how do they get started then being able to transition from working for themselves to, okay, now they're working with other people. How do they make that transition? Mm. working with myself now we're working with other people and we're specifically talking about hiring
1: right yeah i have messed up a ton in hiring and recruiting and i think there's several specific things number one i didn't have a specific game plan for my team right like what do you want this team member to do and it can't be vague it can't be oh i want them to do lead gen no 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 that's not good enough you know i gotta be able to like specify this is what i want from them Number two, I think we mess up a lot, bro. When I have a rule in whenever our team hires, either one, we are the expert or we do have experience or number two, we're hiring an expert or someone that has experience. If none of those happen, we're up. Let me give you an example. Let's say I'm a new agency and I want to grow and I want to scale and I want to hire someone to do telemarketing for me. Okay. If I've never done telemarketing, how in the world am I going to coach them? How do I know what to expect from them? How do I know what uh, KPIs they should be doing? How can I guide them? How can I create an SOP for them? I can't. Either one, I have to have first done it myself because I'm the only one that can judge me, right? So I have to do it myself and understand, no, I should be able to call 50 people a day. I should have 10% connection rate. Out of that 10%, I should be able to book one appointment. Like that's what I'm doing. I know this now through my experience or through my expertise. So now when I hire someone, I have a specific set of expectations, KPIs, I can coach them, I can mentor them, right? Now, I just hired a new CFO for our company. Obviously, I'm not the expert, so what am I doing? I'm hiring an expert, right? I'm hiring someone that I'm hopefully vetting to an extent where they are they have already proven to me that they know way more than I do about certain things. So where I think a lot of people mess up and they have really bad experiences is they don't know what they're doing and they're hiring someone, either a VA or something like that, that also doesn't know what they're doing. Right. And so now you get this conflict of going, and it's just frustration. Right. And then, number two, kind of adding to this is communication, which kind of falls in. Right. Like, whenever I hire someone, I'm partners. Like, I'm dedicated to you. I'm making a commitment to you that I'm going to be a good boss, that I'm going to lead this company in the best way possible, that if something happens to you or your family, like, I'm going to be there for you. At height, every single child is on a full scholarship. 100% of our kids are on a scholarship for better education. I'm going to make these commitments. And I also hope that you're committed to me. Well, through that commitment, like there has to be communication, right? Like there has to be like, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to include you. I'm going to tell you when I'm upset. And I'm going to also tell you when I'm really excited, right? And communicating, I think for new leaders is really difficult, especially on the extremes. seems like on the middle, we're good, right? Like the everyday, but if it's like really good stuff, we have a hard time. Holy crap, James, you did really good today, man. I'm pumped. And then on the other side, like James, we need to have a talk. You know, we really struggle with those extremes for sure.
0: Yeah, man, there's a lot of stuff in there. But but one question I have though is, I know for me, I don't have any quote unquote employees. They're all contract based, the ones that I work with. But being able to get that first hire. And so I'm balancing the income that I need to be able to provide. Now, obviously all the business expenses needed to get taken care of, but also my own personal income. Right. But then also... I have this much income and I need all that income to be able to provide for my family, but I run out of time. So I need to hire somebody else to help take this workload off so mm-hmm. that I can be able to open up my time and all that. But then I won't have the money. It says I, I'll have less money because mm-hmm. I'm paying it over to this person. So, so how do we get through that struggle and get that balance? So take what I say with a grain of salt, right? Like I, I have experience, but everyone's <laughs> going to have to
1: experience their own you know, type of thing. Number one, I think financials is something really important. Hate them or love them. I'm a big fan of Dave Ramsey. I actually used to work with him way back in the day. He does a lot of philosophy on this. Someone like that would be really good. But there's several things that I've done. Number one, personally, so you have what you said is perfect. And so many of us, it's one thing. It's like, here's my money, right? But there is the business is making money and then the business is paying me and then I'm providing for my family. And those are two separate, ideally two separate budgets, right? And your business should profit after it pays you for rainy days. and, uh, And you should be saving as an individual as well, right? For me, I've always tried to make my personal salary as low as possible. Now, for me also, my commitment is, to get 1000 people, right? And I want to provide good jobs. So that is my number one core. So when COVID hit, we didn't have any firings, we didn't have any pay cuts. In fact, my salary was cut in February 100%. Right? So I want to be able to personally live on as least money as possible when I'm scaling my business, when I'm getting started with my business. So if I go out and buy a new Mercedes, now all of a sudden, my business has more pressure, because my business has to provide me with more salary. If I go out and buy a new house, if I go out and all these things that increase our Expenses, right? So if you want to help your business in your personal life, keep your needs as low as possible. You know, this isn't rocket science, even though it's amazing to me how many people don't do that. Okay. Then, from a business standpoint, your business should be profiting enough to hire people. If it's not, if it's not profiting enough to hire people, then we have a whole nother situation here because at the end of the day, like you don't want to scale something that's not profitable. You know what I mean? Like if you can't afford another employee, you don't want more of that. You know what I mean? Like we have to figure out a way more work doesn't equal more profitability always. Right? So we have to figure out a way to scale it. I am a big fan of, of contractors probably more so VA companies. Like I personally am a big fan of VA staffer. My friend Jeff Hunter runs that company because I want to hire a company that hires full-time people, gives them benefits, gives them salary, gives them opportunities of growth than me going out and hiring an individual, if that makes sense, right? So financially, it's a little bit more expensive, but not near as much as turnover. Also that first hire, man, highly recommend. This is something I've done is spend a lot of time. So my hiring process is about 30 days. I want to make sure, I want to find every reason possible to not hire you. I want to make sure that when we do get married, it's going to be for a long time. Some of the things that I require, man, I require a video. Every single applicant to us has to produce what we call a video of awesomeness. A video of awesomeness. In that video, you tell me three reasons that make you awesome, that you want to work for us, and three things that make me awesome reasons you want to work with me. And that's all the instructions I give them. And what am I looking here? Well, when you hire your first employee, you're looking for someone who's very dynamic that can probably do a lot of things that can like figure it out. Right. Because it's a new company. SOPs are not on point. Like it's gotta be someone who's kind of entrepreneurial. Right. So when I I tell them, Hey, I want this video done. Most people don't know how to do a video. Right. So right off the bat, I'm testing them on what do you do when you're going to do something you don't really know how to do how are you going to act? Are you going to do it minimal, like your cell phone and just record yourself? Are you going to go find a friend that's a videographer to have them help you? Are you going to spend three weeks or are you going to spend one day? Are you going to create multiple layers of content off of free software? Or are you going to just do one edit and just tell me a couple of things, right? So like, I'm like creating these things that like try to prove that it's someone worthy of my team, right? Because you're going to invest so much time, so much energy into that first hire. I mean, they are going to be either 10xing your business or holding
0: you back. One or the other,
1: you know? And so spend as much time as possible on those first couple of hires as you can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I think that's fantastic. And I think kind of going back to the to the premise that I kind of set up, I think a lot of that, I know for me at least a lot of it was just mental. It was just the mental barrier of thinking, okay, I have to have this income and so try to separate that and not looking at the big picture of, okay, maybe temporarily we move the money over here to this other person, get them where they're supposed to be. Then we grow the business and then the income starts evening out. It was a yeah. mindset shift for me being able to make that pivot. And I'm going through that yeah. pivot again as I'm outsourcing more of my things or delegating more of my tasks so I can be able to raise the company again.
1: Yeah. I think one thing you know, to note there is that when I'm hiring from a financial standpoint, there could be two scenarios one scenario is like you give yourself runway meaning like okay i'm hiring this person but now i'm taking on money i really can't afford so i have like a deadline like either either they make me more money or i go bankrupt or you know i start losing money very quickly we never want to hire in those situations like i never want to put my business where there's a clock that's starting right and so when we're hiring a, a freelancer or a white label or a va staffing company ideally it should always mean like i personally look at From a financial situation, I want to look at if I lost, how much business can I lose and still not fire a soul? Like I'm always looking at that number. So my number at high digital right now, I could lose 50% of my business and I wouldn't have to cut a single human being, not not one. Okay. Okay that doesn't turn on the clock. I'm not going into the red at the same time. I also can look and go, I've got five months of cash savings. So like I, if I lost hundred percent of my business, I could pay every salary for the next five months and helping them find jobs until I couldn't last anymore. And, and what, again, my commitment is to other, like my employments, right? My people, my team, your commitment is to your family. Okay, what are the time indicators that I'm ha- I'm starting here with hiring this person or so on and so forth, right? This isn't rocket science. I graduated with 2.0. If I if I understand this stuff, <laughs> it's pretty easy stuff, you know? But it's stuff that we just don't think about it until we think about
0: it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, right. so that, that's interesting. So I really like that. So I really appreciate you sharing all these experiences that you had and this insight from your perspective and I'm also a fan of Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey helped me be able to pay off our first house and Beautiful. so we got ourselves debt-free and then we upgraded so now we have another mortgage but but we've been through the process and so but we were able to go from from our house in the cities now we have uh, some land in the country so we've been able to expand where we want to be long term in a few more years we'll be able to pay this off and and be able to do that as well so we're definitely a fan of Dave Ramsey and his plan has helped us be able to stay focused and, and be able to yeah. do that. And and when we paid off that house, I mean, I was 35, I think. There's very few 35-year-olds that can say they have a paid-for house. That's
1: huge, that's huge brother.
0: Yeah, so it was amazing. And we celebrated by going to Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what you do.
1: <laughs> Dave has actually my favorite book, hand down. My favorite book on entrepreneurship is a book Dave wrote called Entree Leadership, I personally yeah. read it every year. In fact, every new team member that I hire, I force them to read it. And I highly recommend it. It's, I don't know, it's for sale on Amazon. It's, there's an audio book to it, which he reads, which I really enjoy. Or if you call up Dave's team at his home office, I think it's like 10 bucks and they'll mail it to you. So it's even cheaper there if you tell them. In fact, if you told them you couldn't afford it, they'd probably still send it to you for free. I don't know, but don't quote me on that. But highly recommend <laughs> it. It's the best overall entrepreneur book, how to hire, how to fire, those type of things by far.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I would I would second that recommendation. And, and saying that, that's a reminder for me, because it's been a couple of years since I've picked that one up. So I need to get back to it probably and refresh that as I'm at this pivoting stage as yeah. well. So yeah, we'll make sure to have links to that. So why don't you go ahead and tell people how they can be able to get a hold of you and what you're doing, maybe kind of fill in a little bit more about, about your business. I know you shared a lot already, yeah. but a little bit more about yourself and where they can find you.
1: Yeah, so we're all about helping digital marketing agencies scale. That's what we do. So we start off with our core company, Height Digital. We're a fulfillment company. So we do SEO, PPC, Facebook, websites, and CRM automation for agencies. So we help them scale by offering a more Affordable and higher quality product than what they could typically do in-house. We also have a prospecting company, so prospectinghackers.com. It's how do we book appointments for agencies helping them scale? So how do we connect them with roofers, plumbers, chiros? You know those type of things. Uh, then we have digitalagencyhackers.com, which is uh, all about knowledge, resources, coaching, mentoring, things of that nature as well. So you have education, sales, and fulfillment, and dude, I love this world. Like I'm so passionate about it. I feel every hour talking to entrepreneurs or being on podcasts and things like this. So anyway, I can help definitely reach out to me personally. I'm on Instagram, jc.height. I'm on LinkedIn, jc.height. I think I'm on Twitter, but I'm not good at it. I think I'm on TikTok as well, but again, I'm not good at it. But Instagram or my website or things like that is definitely easy to get in touch with me for sure.
0: Well, excellent. I really appreciate that. I appreciate your time and the yeah, things brother. you shared today. Yeah. If you want to get the show notes for today's episode, we'll make sure to have all the links that we just talked about in the show notes. So you can be able to swipe over your podcast app, or you can also go to successroadpodcast.com and get the show notes there. Now, please share this with anyone you think needs this information. And I look forward to talking with you in the very next episode. Thank you. God bless.